We are back here on Always Talking Ball with another emergency episode. Uh, it didn't take Greg Byrne long, uh, literally less than 48 hours. Alabama has their new head coach. His name is Kalen DeBoer from the University of Washington. I'm your host, Tyler Noe. I got Lance Barton here. I believe he's excited, but we'll get his thoughts here in a second. But like I said, Kalen DeBoer is Alabama's new head coach, 49 years old. Um, who knows? Might have been Greg Burns' top target all along. Uh, but just, you know, some stats to start off with with Kalen DeBoer. He's 104 and 12 overall as a head coach. That's nearly a 90% winning percentage. At home, he's 72 and 1. Lost one home game, and that was during the COVID year at Fresno State. 85 and 9 in the regular season, 19 and 3 in the postseason. Uh, he's won three NAIA titles while at Sioux Falls. I mean, this guy. He was coaching at NAIA Sioux Falls when Nick Saban was hired at Alabama. So what a rise for him. Um, 10 and one versus top 25 teams, 12 and two all time versus ranked opponents. Uh, and he's five and zero against Steve Sarkeesian in Texas and Dan Lanning in Oregon. Um, doing this all without the help of Alabama or the SEC resources, anything like that. He's always the underdog punching up. Um, so Lance, let's get your thoughts. When you heard the news a couple, you know, an hour or so ago that Kalen DeBoer was going to be the head coach at Alabama. I'm excited, man. Uh, you know, it, uh, this, the last 24 hours was just, was just crazy. I mean, obviously with the announcement of Saban leaving and then Greg Burns starting the coaching search and the names that were being thrown out, uh, you know, we were of the names that were being thrown out. I think the one that myself and the rest of, Bama Nation was probably the most fired up, and we were wanting him back in Tuscaloosa from his stint as an offensive coordinator there for a few years under Saban was uh, Sark and Steve Sarkeesian. I don't know if we ever actually, if Greg Byrne actually offered him the job or not. Uh, depends on what reports you believe. Uh, but after that, he got himself an extension. Yeah, he did. Dude, Jimmy Sexton, <laughs> this was a master class in. The reason why Jimmy Sexton is the biggest super agent in all of sports, not just college football, but all of sports, is what happened in the last 24 hours. The way that that man uses these reporters and social media to get what he needs out of his clients are insane. And I loved Josh Pate's tweet today, this afternoon, where about 20 minutes before they announced that it was Kalen DeBoer, Josh Pate tweeted out a picture of Jimmy Sexton sitting at a desk and the tweet actually said, okay, you can announce him now. Uh, that, that was perfect. Yeah, Jimmy Sexton got a pair of six-year-plus extensions for over $10 million per before inking another client at Alabama within two days of Nick Saban retiring. And when, when Nick Saban retired, he had to have already been picking out private islands or yachts, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, uh, again, he taught a master class in this. And this was also one of those deals where, you know, in the quote unquote fake news era that we apparently kind of live in, this was also, dude, the amount of just misinformation being spread the last couple of days was incredible. Like how many times did I text you like, oh, I think it's going to be this or I think it's going to be that. And it just went elsewhere. And from the very beginning, it was of the names that were there. You and I did say that, especially you said that. Kalen DeBoer is what we felt like would probably be who it would be. I got on the hype train that it could be Sark there at one point. But uh, but anyway, I am excited. I think that he is 
he is up there with the most innovative and exciting offensive minds in the game. Uh, what he did, like I had a buddy text me today. He said, well, yeah, Michael Penix definitely got him. No, he made Michael Penix. I'm sorry. He did. Penix was not, was nothing at Indiana until DeBoer got a hold of him. And then DeBoer goes to Fresno and goes to Washington. And while DeBoer was at Fresno, Penix was nothing at Indiana. If I'm not mistaken, I think he even like, I know he kind of battled a few injuries, but he got replaced as the starter at Indiana. At yeah, one point. yeah, he got replaced as the starter. And then he goes to Washington and just starts lighting it up under DeBoer and Grubb and turns him into a Heisman candidate. And that offense was, you know, them and LSU were the two best offenses in the country this year. Uh, but like you said, he's been doing what he's been doing with, with less with lesser overall talent. And I know Roma Dunze and Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan and all that crew, they're really good. But, like, would they all still be – Dunze would be. But would that whole crew still be what they are if they weren't in a system like Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubbs? I don't think so. We saw the Penix wasn't. Uh, so, uh, the fact now that he is going to have the unlimited resources that he's going to have at Alabama, uh, the – the type of talent that hopefully he'll be able to pull in. And that leads me into my next point of the, I think the guy's an elite football coach. His record speaks for itself. That stuff that you were reading off there. I mean, he was 25 and three at Washington. Like you said, five and zero against Sark and Lanning 10 and one in his two years in Washington against ranked teams, his overall record going back to Sioux Falls and Fresno and Washington is insane. Uh, I mean, he's been an elite winner at every level he's been at. But this is the first time, but this is what all coaches want. You want to jump in the ring with the best. If you truly have the overall competitive spirit that a lot of these coaches have, you want to jump in the ring with the Kirby Smarts and the Brian Kellys and the so-called, all these other SEC coaches that he's about to jump in the ring with. But what we don't know is it's a mystery. Can he recruit? Can he recruit at the level that he's going to need to recruit at? because he's always found those diamonds in the rough and has won with less. He's not going to be able to take less in the SEC and week in and week out compete at the level that he's going to be expected to compete at with less. It's just not. Uh, you can go into a bowl game and have a month to prepare with less talent than somebody else and out-coach and out-scheme and beat somebody one week. But week in, week out, Saturday to Saturday, when you have significantly less talent than the other team across the sideline from you – that's not going to be a good recipe for winning. That's just not. So what I'm hoping is, is that he's smart enough to surround himself with an elite recruiting staff. And he's still obviously doing his thing with his scheme on offense. And he surrounds himself with an elite recruiting staff and an elite defensive staff to help him out in the recruiting part of it. And, and then DeBoer and hopefully Ryan Grubb is with him, but even if Ron Grubb's not with him, DeBoer's the mastermind of that offense. So, uh, do you think that – let me ask you, surely Washington offers Ron Grubb the job. Do you think they will? Yeah, I would think that they've got to do everything they can to hang on to Ryan Grubb um, just because, yeah, like you said, I mean, DeBoer was probably the mastermind. Grubb has a lot of input, and and I'm sure a lot of those offensive guys like Penix and Adunze and all those guys will tell you how important Ryan Grubb is to that university uh but you got a feel for washington fans i mean washington's getting a, a 12 million dollar buyout out of this okay they had a magical season i mean 
insane season for Washington. Uh, but they lost Penix. They lost all their wide receivers. Dylan Johnson's now going pro. Uh, they lost their head coach now. Um, and their last offer was not bad. I mean, it was seven years north of $9 million per year. Um, but, you know, that cost of living in Seattle, uh, a little more expensive than Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And the contract details have not come out for Alabama yet. But you can bet that it will be more – I mean, it'll be up there, $10 million, you know, around the, the Norvell and Sark era. Yeah, he's going to get more than double. His his salary at Washington was like in the $4.something million range. Four point two, yeah. Yeah, he's going to get around $10 million. And so he's going to get more than double what his salary was at Washington. And the cost of living is going to double down less than what he was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, than what he was doing and like what he was living there in Seattle. So I think the DeBoer family is going to be extremely happy if uh, he's going to be set for life uh, for what he's going to get at Alabama. But, uh, but also, too, man, props to Greg Byrne. This dude, I did not envy his situation here replacing the greatest coach of all time in the social media era that we're in now. Uh, that, that's, this could not have been easy at all. Again, I don't know. Truly. We don't know yet. I'm, I'm sure all the facts will come out about who Alabama actually interviewed. You know how these coaching searches work too. whoever they end up hiring. That was our number one guy all along. They all say that. Uh, I don't know if DeBoer was or not. I do believe that Sark was heavily pursued. Other than that, I don't know. I don't think that they pursued Lanning because of the buyout, the crazy buyout that Lanning had go along with it. But I do think that DeBoer was obviously very high on their list. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. I think that a lot of Alabama fans, it didn't matter who it was going to be, man. Honestly, I think Sark and maybe Lane Kiffin, which is crazy. But still, Sark or maybe Lane Kiffin would have been the only – and Kirby, which that obviously was – that was not even realistic. But those three, because they were super successful assistants under Saban at Bama, would have been really the only three guys that Bama could have hired that the Bama nation would have just erupted uh, in excitement with. People that really know football and that have watched football at a national level know what a – here comes the word, Tyler, that me and you said about this guy – what a G that Kalen DeBoer really is. And I'll say this about DeBoer. The testicular fortitude that this guy has to come into Tuscaloosa, Alabama, to replace Nick Saban, to take on this job at this time. Salute, man. I'm I'm excited that he has that kind of confidence in himself to do this. Uh, and I'm I'm hoping that Bama Nation and the boosters and anybody and everybody that has anything to do with Alabama gets behind this guy. And I hope they don't start this stupid stuff that like Tennessee's done in the past and some of these other teams have done in the past because all that's going to do is not help DeBoer and not help Alabama be successful at all. That's going to be counterintuitive to this team's success. Well, you mentioned it before we hopped on here that after everything that went on today with and, and yesterday with Lanning and then Sark and Norvell today, like you came out of this with Kalen DeBoer and that's why I said a couple of days ago, it should be number one on your list. I mean, I think this is an elite elite hire by Alabama. Um, it remains to be seen, you know, there's, there's still question marks and whatnot, but yeah, I mean, as of an hour ago before this happened, you know, it was 50, 50 from Alabama fans online, you know, and, and reference to Kalen DeBoer heard a lot of, you know, he's not a, a South, you know, he's not from the South. He's from South Dakota. He's been recruiting West coast. He doesn't have any sec ties. You don't know the head coaches down here, blah, blah, blah. Like, and they just quickly forget that Nick Saban, 
before he went to LSU. He didn't have any ties to the South. He was from West Virginia. He coached at Michigan State. Urban Meyer, before he went to Florida. I mean, he was from Ohio. He coached at Notre Dame. He didn't have any ties to the South either. Yeah, and Brian Kelly didn't have any ties to the South before he went to LSU. I know the jury's still out with him, but still, because he didn't have a Cajun accent and wasn't one of them, they acted like that guy couldn't coach football. Uh, and I've already seen this moronic comparison. I almost, I, I'm just laughing even looking at this. There are a lot of Auburn people putting out, oh, yeah, this is Alabama's Brian Harson, Dude, get out of here. A guy that literally made Boise worse than the previous regime left it. And Chris Peterson and Chris Peterson had a dynasty at that level for Boise. And then Brian Harson took it over and was worse. And then he goes to Auburn like, no, no, that's not, this is not even on the same stratosphere as that. Not even a little bit, but uh, so I'm interested to see now because in the world we live in, you know, these players at Alabama have 30 days, like Saban said, when he left in that team meeting that he had, he looked at the players and said, give it 72 hours before you enter the portal. And obviously we had one name already that did not listen to that. And what we're hearing is that wide receiver, Isaiah Bond, who was the leading receiver this year for Alabama, the guy that caught the, 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 the forever rememberable, the fourth and 31 play against Auburn uh, is in the transfer portal. He did not listen to that 72 hour deal. He's the only one so far. Uh, but it sounds like that the worst kept secret is he's already got a landing spot is the reason he got in the portal that Texas decided to poach him. And again, I, I, I guess the fan, the Alabama fan in me doesn't want to admit this, but I'll, I mean, dude, you can't go wrong with going to play for a guy like Sark and that offense. But I will say skill position players and offensive players at Alabama right now, you're an idiot. If you don't want to play for Kalen DeBoer. If yeah, you, that, that's what I was going to bring up. So let's talk about the players. What are they thinking right now? Like, what's Jalen Milrow thinking? Um, you know, what are some of those skilled players on the offensive side of the ball thinking? Well, they should be thinking that they're like. So do, does 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 DeBoer? I mean, I don't know if Penix has any avail, you know, eligibility left. But you know, does does DeBoer? I mean, so now Washington's going to have thirty days to transfer. Does he bring any guys? I mean, do, does a guy like Will Rogers? I know Alabama fans would be ecstatic with Will, Will Rogers, right? <laughs> nah, nah, absolutely not. Uh, so I think if you're Jalen Milrow, you're obviously you're ecstatic. You're ecstatic that a QB whisperer and a guy that develops quarterbacks like DeBoer is coming to Tuscaloosa. Incoming freshman, five star depending on what service you looked at, number one overall quarterback, Julian Sayan out of California from the West Coast. I would imagine he knows a little bit about Kalen DeBoer uh, being from the West Coast. That, I mean, he's got to be ecstatic that a guy like that is going to be coming. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but if, I'm, if, if not, then they're just misinformed. They don't know anything. They don't watch college football, what's going on around them. Uh, surely, surely. These receiver, the oh, again, all offensive positions, even offensive line. The Joe Moore war to winning offensive line this past year was Washington. So it doesn't matter the position. All positions on offense should be ecstatic. Now, I, I have no idea on defense. No clue. It depends on what they're doing there. You know, some obviously the initial reaction by a lot of my Alabama you know friends are, I wonder if he's going to keep Travaris Robertson, T-Rob, on because that was kind of what we we all thought the was going to happen that he was going to be the next defensive coordinator uh at Alabama and he's one of the top recruiters in the country. Are they going to keep T Rob on as defensive coordinator? And uh I have no idea. I really that, don't. That's where he gets into a fine line of like he's got those 
I think he even had co-defensive coordinators at Washington. And like, you know, on one end, you want to be loyal to them, but on, on another end, like Washington's defense was the downfall of their team this year. And you don't really want, I mean, Alabama fans aren't going to stand for a bad defense. That's, that's number one. I mean, look yeah. at last year with, with their, you know, allowing 52 to Tennessee and stuff. So they're just not going to stand for a bad defense. Yeah. And like we saw some of the stuff leading into the national championship. I don't know if you saw this or not. One of the uh, little, you know, they do those fantastic like prelude, like interviews and stuff before the national championship games that I like that, la that go on all day long. One of them that I saw was that Ryan Grubb and one of those co-defensive coordinators, if not both of them, but for sure, one of the co-defensive coordinators, one of the position coaches on defense and Ron Grubb have been with Kalen DeBoer pretty much since Sioux Falls. So, like you just said, does he stay loyal to those guys? Sounds like he's very loyal to those guys. Yeah. Does he stay loyal to them and bring them along? Now, again, he can still bring them along. Like, I'm all for Ron Grubb being the OC. I think everybody is. Uh, that other guy that was co-defensive coordinator, you can still bring him along and make him co-defensive coordinator, and he's not calling the defense. Or whatever position that he's normally coached, you can still let him coach that position and stuff. But – uh, but I don't know, man. Uh, this is going to be an interesting next, uh, cause like, obviously if a bunch, I do think there will be several Alabama players that will still get in the portal. I think that's, that would be ignorant of me not to think that that's going to happen in today's world that we live in. A lot of these players didn't come to Alabama to play for Kalen DeBoer. And a lot of these players, to be honest with you, I'll be real. They didn't come to Alabama to play for Alabama. They came to Alabama to play for Nick Saban. Uh, as much as I would love to believe and would love to be naive, and think that they came to play for the Tide. They came to play for that script A and for Alabama. That's just not how today's athletes are, man. That's just not. Uh, but I'm hoping that that roster stays together. But if not, like you said, dude, there are going to be some, If I, in my opinion, there's going to be some off. Let's just say that, like, for example, Isaiah Bond, he's gone. Let's just say a few more skill position players leave. Dude, if you're a skill position player around the country right now, you would have the opportunity to go play at Alabama? Under Kalen DeBoer and that offense and that offensive scheme, sign me up. Like, what's to stop some guy that's a really good skill player from whatever, like name, whatever name, Big 12 school that's going to be irrelevant next year? Uh, you can go be a wide receiver in the Kalen DeBoer offense in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. So the flip side of that is, is something like that could happen. Uh, so I will say this, man. I'm going to salute you. We're on video here. You guys hear the audio, but. I'm going to salute you, man. You've been a Kalen DeBoer guy all year long. You got me on board early this year with that guy. And I started the saying of dude's a G. That's kind of where the G thing started this year was with <laughs> Kalen DeBoer, to be honest with you. But uh, definitely didn't see that guy being uh, the head coach of my favorite team <laughs> uh, within the next year. But I'm happy that we ended up what we ended up with because your text was dead on. 10 minutes before they made the announcement that it's DeBoer, you said, dude, we're really like, we're one tweet or announcement away that of Kalen DeBoer staying at Washington of this thing going off the rails. And I was 100% in agreement with you. And so were a lot of uh, my friends. It was like panic time uh, for a lot of fans. Yeah. I mean, rumors were that if he, if he said, I'm staying at Washington, obviously then you go to Dabo and Lane Kiffin and, you know, fans weren't too high on that. And then, obviously, there was Tommy Reese, who was the only candidate to get uh, internal uh, internal interview there, which, you know, being an Notre Dame fan, if, if that would have happened, I'd, I probably would have been laughing for this entire podcast. Um, you know, and so, no, it's a, it's a solid hire. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, we've seen an evolution of Alabama's offense ever since Kiffin and Sark got there. Um, but if once DeBoer gets some of his guys in there and some of his players that he likes on offense, I mean, I think you're going to be looking at potentially one of the most dangerous offenses in the SEC, possibly in a couple of years, um, just with that scheme that they run and everything. Um, and it should be really exciting. Yeah, it should. It definitely should. Uh, and uh, now it just really comes down to I'll be eager to see what staff he's putting around him. And I just really hope, man, that that Bama Nation gets behind this guy because he's obviously, again, an elite football coach. We just don't know if he's an elite recruiter or not yet. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Maybe you get him in a place like Alabama and all of a sudden he's just landing dudes left and right. We don't know. But uh, I'm I'm all behind him. I'm all for it. Uh I'm sad that the era, you know, post Nick Saban has already started, but hey, we're here. It's Kalen DeBoer time. Uh, as the folks say, let's ride. Yeah, it, uh, it should be. And, you know, the coaching carousel is not stopping yet. I mean, Washington now has an opening for however long that is. Who knows? I mean, we haven't heard yet if Ryan Grubb is going to be next Washington coach or not, um, but they have an opening. We still don't know what's going on with Jim Harbaugh. Um, and it's really, you're kind of running out of options here. Uh, you know, with Alabama being open and a lot of those coaches saying, nope, I'm staying here, that's going to be the same case for Michigan too. Um, and now DeBoer's gone. So you're running out of coaches and possibilities if Harbaugh leaves and you got to think they're going to probably look at promoting Sharon more and whatnot. So um, we will definitely touch on this uh, more at a later date, but we want to get on here and kind of break down our initial thoughts on Kalen DeBoer, Alabama new head football coach. Um, and like we said, and we keep saying, man, 2024 is going to be a crazy season. New faces in new places, 12-team playoff. Um, it's not for the faint of heart being a college football fan. So I appreciate you guys hopping on here real quick with us, and uh, we'll see you next time.